Hello and welcome to another edition of Here's the Pitch. I'm your YouTube friend Brad, and of course this is sponsored by my local restaurant, stlmasses.com. Masses in St. Louis, five locations. Very excited today as we're talking about side hustle, and uh, I have a genius person who did some side hustling, and uh, I'm always excited to learn more about this. I'm side hustling right now, doing YouTube, trying to make a little money here as we get uh, some folks monetizing me here, and uh, you can also take a look at my description as I have a new shirt shop. So Shannon Weinstein, I have a new shirt shop. You should, you should go there and buy my goofy 80s lyrics shirts. That's kind of my new thing. I'm trying it. We'll see what happens. I love it. But hello, Shannon. I'm sorry. This is me plugging. I shouldn't be plugging in front of a guest, but that's what we do, right? This is what we have to do. Exactly. So Shannon, there's no, there's no bad time to plug. <laughs> so Shannon, yeah. By the way, I believe you are the plug queen, right? I mean, not that's a weird thing to say, but <laughs> I see. Wouldn't put that on a business card, but I'll take it. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm going to keep that in, but it's too funny because what I'm saying is you've used social media and you've used so many other outlets uh, to kind of grow what you're doing. So let me just kind of get a a first kind of an overview of um, how you kind of grew a business. You, you were this, this Shannon Weinstein CPA, but now has podcasts, um, has um, a website, you're on Instagram, you're promoting yourself. So you were a CPA for a big company and said, well, you tell the story. What happened when, when you decided yeah. you wanted to get out of being someone, having someone be your boss and being your own boss? Well, I just knew that, you know, the accounting career landscape, it, it involved archaic technology, you know, pulling us back in terms of progress. When I knew that I could get things done faster on my own with my own computer than I could at work with my work computer, I was like, and I'm charging for my time while I'm working. I'm like, this is so strange. That What a weird concept to charge for our time and purposefully slow ourselves down from the progress we can actually make and take action. So I just kind of got a little restless and I said, you know, I can make a bigger impact and I can do so much better if I just free myself from these chains of the, the to the cubicle. And I said, I'm just going to go help business owners directly and do it my way. I was kind of tired of the cultures of, of big four public accounting and of corporate America. And I knew that that we were definitely primed for some type of, in my opinion, like the next industrial revolution of like the virtual space. And this was in 2019 that I started and I started on Zoom and I started using Zoom. And it was funny because I used Zoom before it was necessary, right? <laughs> and now it's this bigger thing. It's actually kind of like Google. It's like you want to go Zoom and it means a video conference. It's just crazy. So before that, I was actually toying with the idea of running a virtual practice and trying to become location and time independent where I could work where I wanted and how I wanted on my own schedule and it was a lot inspired by watching other women leave the profession because they felt like they had to make a choice between uh, the hustle and their health. And I don't think that those things are mutually exclusive. And I said, I'm going to prove it. That's awesome. So I think what I've learned what doing this series just kind of very early on here is um, everyone wants to get rich fast and they want it to happen fast. Yeah. I'm, I know by reading your story, I don't believe it happened fast, but tell me kind of the steps it took or how long it took to you said, ooh, this is working. I think I can quit my job. Or if there's some, some moments before or in between that you kind of want to relay to the people that might be watching this as an inspiration to, I don't like the chain of the cubicle. I want out. <laughs> tell me that. Yeah. So it, it seemed like this weird dream at the time. Like, I wonder if this would ever actually work. So I said, the only way to find out is to 
make it so that it's undeniable that it will work. Like that there's no excuse why it wouldn't, because you're going to work so hard to make it happen that for it not to happen would be an anomaly. So I said, all right, what do I have to do to make that happen? And I also had a plan of, I'm not going to quit tomorrow, but I said, if I want to quit in the next three to five years, I need to start now. It's much like your health journey. If you want to lose 50 pounds, you got to start now if you want to be 50 pounds lighter next summer, right? Like in a healthy way. So I said, I want to do this the healthy, sustainable way. I also wanted to build a business where I wasn't, it wasn't feast or famine, where I could build a sustainable business on the side. And then, you know, basically we look at jumping off from corporate America to entrepreneurship as a cliff. I said, I want to shrink the distance between the cliff and the, and the land and where it's just a little hop because I've already built up this sort of block up to a point where it's not really a jump off. It's just a little step down. And, and that's exactly what I did. It was always the intention, but I knew that it wasn't going to happen fast. So the building blocks to do it were getting online and having a digital brand and presence so that when I got really clear on my offer and what I was doing, that I already had an audience of people looking to work with me, knowing who I was, knowing what I did, so that that way I was able to get out there and become more familiar with people because you know my profession, accounting, CFO work, tax work, is built on trust. So I said, how can I build trust right now so that I can cash in on that trust when I really need to? So how long is this the setup process happening in the background for you? So ongoing, right? So from the time I really sat down and said, I'm going to do this to equip my job was, uh, I believe, less than three years. And it was, See, it was supposed to be four. It's funny. It was sooner. You know, I, think, I bet people are like, oh, this had to be six months, hopefully, right? This is how long it's going to take, you know? And then I'm, that's, I, I, that's... It's because you see these articles and Shannon's making over 100000 by not working. And it's like, oh, well, she must have done that in a flash. But that's amazing. You said four yeah. years like that. I, I keep going. But I was like, I didn't even know that that's how long it took. Yeah. Which is so funny that you say that's how long it took. I go, three years is freaking awesome. Three years is, you know, less than a college degree. I, but three I th- years is less than I think a lot of, of things. I, I don't know if for me, I know that that's a definite struggle in three years is a lot of time. But I think a lot of people who watch side hustle videos want that fast thing. Well, what can yeah, I do? I want to, not that fast. I want to walk dogs want, and make a, you know, a hundred grand and stuff like that. And you can, and it can be that fast. So I saw online coaches popping up like poppies, boom, 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 during the pandemic who were running online businesses. And I'm telling you, because I work with a lot of them, what happened was there was a surge of everyone was buying coaching, involved in coaching, doing all this stuff with digital businesses. But then the tide went out of the economy. And there's this quote by Warren Buffett that's like, you don't know who's swimming naked until the tide runs up. And then you realize who has been building sustainable businesses on really good foundation and who got lucky with the tide. So don't rely on the fad or getting lucky with the tide and don't treat your first couple of years like, oh, this is how it's going to be every year. No, it's not. You have to look at the environment around you and go, am I in a fertile garden right now or am I in a drought and am I still able to survive? You want to be that succulent that can survive even without the water and build up a really good, strong stamina in your business before you make the commitment to quit some type of full-time job. Yeah. So tell me about those first six months. Is it creating the Instagram page? Is it kind of contacting your people, uh, just writing down thoughts? I'm just curious kind of where, how... Where that's oh, yeah. Well, yeah, just give me or, or or the day you're sitting at your your cubicle and you're like, I don't let's let's figure out a different path. Yeah, it, it like it, it's not, and it's also not spot snapshots, right? It's it's a long transition of 
I had this idea in 2015 and I didn't actually take action on it until 2019 when I was inspired by my first business coach who I was following on Instagram. And I was like, I love what she's doing. I love this little like thing she's posting with this Brady Bunch looking video chat. This is so cool. Again, 2018 people. <laughs> this is like, this is new. So I was going, okay, uh, this sounds interesting. What is this? And she explained it to me and I showed her this logo I came up with four years ago at that time. And she's like, oh my God, we're building this. You have to build this. And what it was, was an idea because I worked in fitness for 10 years part-time. I taught Zumba classes um, or 10 years at this point. Back then it was maybe what, five. So I was, I was teaching Zumba. I was teaching fitness classes. It was like my only joy bringing activity because I was working in, in corporate all day and I was kind of, you know, all right, I'm putting up with it. But then I really, I light up when I get to class and I said, okay, I want to either maximize this so that it's making me more money, or I need to find a way to um, make money so I can leave this job because I'm just, I'm miserable. I I actually got a taste of joy and that really kind of contrasted with the misery of all day. And I was like, what am I doing? This like extremes of like, you know, back and forth. So what I did was uh, I actually, where, where I would recommend anybody start, and this was the first six months, was going, what can I do? How am I uniquely positioned to serve? Like, what is the unique value I can provide right now? And that was, I was a fitness professional who knew accounting and tax. And I realized that a lot of people I worked with in the gyms and studios had no effing idea what a 1099 was, a W-2 was, or anything. And I was like, wait, you guys don't know this? And it, not in a judgmental way, but in a curious way, because I, I had been raised by accountants my whole life. So I'm going, oh, oh my gosh, there's there's stuff to teach. Like, I can teach you this. So I actually started developing business plans with them, teaching them about their taxes and doing little mini courses and things and seminars and coaching. I would jump into business coaching communities and be the resident financial expert then to add value into the group. And eventually I did, I did free gigs doing that. I did paid gigs doing that. And it was fun because I was like, let me just share what I already know. This is great. I love teaching. So I said, I'm uniquely positioned to teach and I'm uniquely positioned to talk to this group of people because I use metaphors and analogies that really, really set in with them. And that's where Financial came from, was my original business Financial Solutions because it was from that, that origin. And then it expanded and expanded and expanded into just any type of entrepreneur. And now we're serving business owners in the seven to eight figures. So it's uh, it just evolved with me and my own experience and knowledge. And I th- it's also when I have these conversations, um, I think it's funny to to say this out loud, but it's got to be something you love. You got to want to do so. You can't just go, um, let's see, what do I want to do? What's quick and easy? What's no, it's you got to be into what you're doing. Um, so that's well, quick and easy. Come quick and easy. Go. If you want to do something quick and easy, just know it's not on, you know, stable ground or it's not going to last forever. It's probably something that's in the here and now that's going to fade away with the tide, like I said. And it's, you know, it doesn't have to be something I I say it doesn't have to be something you love doing. It should be something you love in terms of the value. So, like, if you're passionate about, you know, um, a particular cause or a particular type of result that you can get for a client. I mean, do I enjoy doing taxes? I really don't. Do I, I don't really enjoy filling out paperwork. However, I'm in love with the why behind it. I'm in love with the impact it has on people. So you don't have to love everything you do, but you do have to love why you do it. I like that. That's a good, that's a, I listen to my guest and I think, okay, 
okay, I'm in there. That's where I am. I'm poured, kind of in that, you know, I don't know if I love what I do, but I like kind of that, that purpose behind it. Um, so again, we're working towards this, um, you know, where you've become just massive successful on your own. Where do, where did you kind of go from after the financial? Um, I know there's a big social media aspect to this, but just kind of give me those next couple steps. Yeah. My first business coach, uh, was heavy on Instagram, teaching us how to use Instagram effectively. So I took onto that really quickly. And then I found a lot of clients through there in my initial stages, early stage entrepreneurs, right? And I just kept doing it and people started following me and people started sharing my stuff. And then next thing I knew, people were sharing other people's stuff into my DMs, asking me to validate it. And that's when I was like, oh, this is interesting. I'm building trust with this group of people that they feel so like they, they're entrusting me so much that they are going to send other people's content to me to verify. So they're like, Shannon, I need the authority on this to tell me if this is true. And I was like. And that sounds annoying. So if anyone is going through this in their DMs and they're like, I'm so annoyed. People keep sending me stuff and asking me questions. I'm like, good, you're building trust. Like, that's the point. So so that's a big part of it. So it was Instagram. Uh, and and that was also because, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, because I was working my corporate job. And if I went on LinkedIn, whoo, dead giveaway. Facebook, dead giveaway. I was uh, friends with people who I had worked with. And Facebook is definitely like a family and a lot of like, high school people and like people who would judge you. So I'm just going, I'm just not going to post on Facebook. My clients are not on Facebook. My clients are on Instagram. At least they were at the time. So I really focused heavy on Instagram and I got on podcasts and I got to do speaking. And that was really where I poured into in order to help build up trust, authority and brand in my space. Yeah. No, it's, and that's funny too, because like you said, you, you got to know the audience. You don't want to kind of alienate or anger or whatever. Um, so now we're kind of close to today. So tell me everything that you're doing and, and just, you know, where we're at and, and just the, the mm-hmm. success and, and kind of pitch yourself here for like how things have gone. Absolutely. So the, uh, the key thing I do right now is I host the keep what you were in podcast. So a couple of years ago, actually two years ago, almost to the week, uh, we decided, I say we, cause it was me and my now CMO, uh, she was doing my social media at the time and she was like, so when are you going to start a podcast? We, we can't wait to work with you on the podcast. And it's been like an idea for a year. It was like this itch. And I was like, it needs to have a purpose. It needs to be super clear. So we we set it up, put it in the ecosystem. It's now the epicenter of all my content. It's my whole brand. I have an entire brand called Keep What You Earn Now, where we do online courses. We do coaching. I'll do a power session with entrepreneurs. And we really focus in on empowering business owners with more financial knowledge that is approachable and simple. Uh, my my catchphrase on the intro of the show is if the financial side of your business is like eating your vegetables, consider this the podcast, the ranch dressing to make it a little more enjoyable. And that's exactly what we're trying to do is we're trying to coat the boring in something actually interesting so that people can start falling in love with the numbers the way we have and and show them that this is the tool to make better decisions and to build business longevity. So that's kind of my mission. Uh, with Keep What You Earn, and it's just morphed into its own brand, and I'm so excited about it. So we do that, and I do the fractional CFO work uh, as well through Financial. So there's multiple ways to work with me. Yeah, and I listen to the podcast. You're not doing this like bi-weekly or twice a month. Well, you're two, three, four times a week, daily. right? Yeah, daily. daily. Okay, okay. Because I saw a couple, and you, you, how do you come up with so much content? That's like, a, as a content creator, that's like, wow, that's a lot of content to have. Like, do you have yeah. someone helping you? Do you have a team? I do, but I do all the content. So it's, so 
here, here are my hacks to it. I sat down two years ago when I was thinking about doing the podcast and I had a rule I gave myself and I would give any potential podcaster this rule, sit down for an hour, write every question anyone could ever ask you about your subject matter of expertise, every question that you've ever been asked. And the better part is I had already been doing this for two and a half years or two-ish years at that point. So I had two years of listening to what people were asking. Every question you get asked is a blessing because that's a piece of content that's going to multiply itself in value. So I wrote every question down that I get asked the most, everything, every comment that I've been answering. I remember the the ongoing repeats, right? The, the, the songs that keep playing over and over again. And I, I said, okay, I'm going to write all this down. I'm going to sit down for an hour and just dump. I had over a hundred, maybe a, almost 200 questions. And I was like, that's like four years of weekly episodes. What the hell am I doing? This is easy. All I have to do is answer these questions, sit down for 10 minutes and answer these questions one by one. And it started as an FAQ source where I could send a link to the show instead of answering all these questions one by one in the DMs. I said, go listen to this. I'm going to explain it for 10 minutes exactly the way I want to. And I'm going to explain it consistently to every one of you so that you each hear the same thing. And uh, immensely valuable both for me and for the audience. So I think it's just been a great success so far, but we're doing the daily content. And then I have a team who does the editing, helps with the guest experience, helps with the operation and back end of the show, which I'm very proud of. We have a lot of unique, innovative aspects to what we do. It's it's a machine that runs uh, and it doesn't take that much of my time. It really doesn't. Sit down and do a few episodes. We repurpose episodes. We have guests that come on and we take audio from other shows I've been on and we splice it up. Q&A sessions I've done, we'll splice them up. It, anything can be a podcast episode if it has audio, even if it's five minutes long. That's a whole episode. Yeah, well, I hope your audience is enjoying our conversation. If this makes it into your podcast, I, I do hope <laughs> that. Will. Yeah, I really do. Um, no, that's great. What? So what is your main job? What are, are you a social media manager? Are you a podcaster? Are you a CPA? What do you say to people when they ask, what do you do? I'm a fractional CFO. Okay. That's awesome. I mean, what do you think is most important? Like, what is the most work that you do all day? Or is it, is it by, like I said, by thirds, by podcast, social media, doing the CPA work? Oh, the podcast is very minor. The podcast is about half a day on Fridays. Um, that's all I do is I, Friday is a no meeting day. Monday is, a, is an internal meeting day only. And then I meet with clients Tuesday through Thursday. So it's, I've, bu- I've bucketed my time where I don't have meetings before 10 a.m., and I don't have uh, any meetings on Monday or Friday that I have to really prepare for so that I can use those times to prepare and I don't have to work over the weekend if I don't want to. So that's how I've kind of structured it. But the podcast is a really minor part of that. All it takes is me sitting down when I have an idea after a walk. I can sit down for 30 minutes and I can record three episodes and that's a week of content. So <laughs> it's really not a not a big deal. Are you, so you're like me when you're walking, you're always plugging stuff. Oh, oh I got to put that in. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, I'll be listening to my audiobooks. I'll be listening to other podcasts. And I'm like, I love this idea, but this is what I would expand on it. Like I'm picturing myself in a conversation with the person talking and I'm like, I agree, but here's how I could apply that into my world or here's how I could take a piece of that and get inspired by it. I may even just take a quote I read. That can be an episode. I think people are so fixated on this idea of content creation. It has to be like from scratch, from a blank piece of paper every time, like it's a work of art. And I'm like, no, pull something, grab a blog that you read, stay in tune with the news and what's going on. Just share your thoughts for five minutes, kind of like you were putting out a social media post. If you were going to write a Facebook post about something, Instead, say it out loud into a microphone and just start talking about it and give your opinion. People actually do want to listen to it. It's really interesting to me, but 
uh, people do listen to it. And I do have some people who listen daily to the show. Yeah. No, I think, you know, the, the line from, from kind of what you've told me here, though, but this line that I hear where I work, you know, don't let a disaster go by without making something from it or take take that. Mm-hmm. And that COVID seemed to really help a lot of people realize, you know what, I don't like what I'm doing. Uh, yeah. Or there's new technology. Like you said, Zoom, we, we worked on Skype. We had Skype. Skype was there. You could use Skype. Where did Skype go? What were they thinking? How did they not capitalize when Zoom said, oh, guess what we can do? So it's it's always those kind of stories that I think of. And I hear that in my head anytime. And I've had a couple uh, moments in my life where I'm like, all right, what am I going to do next? And it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. So um, I think we're just, now I'm just spitballing to you. But give me some, if you're giving, do you, and I'm sure people ask you for advice all the time. How do I How do I quit? And how do I start? And how do I get all this money? I want to make money and I want to be a side hustle and, and take my side hustle and make it a business. So I, do you give out like three things of advice? What's your biggest piece of advice? My biggest piece of advice is get super clear about the value you can provide, not just the skills you have. So in the eyes of your ideal customer, what do you actually do for them? What problem do you solve? That is paramount and that is the first thing because you have to know the value of that problem. And the bigger the value of the problem, the faster you're going to make money. So they always, I always heard people joke around and say, solve rich people problems. Yes, like that is a great piece of advice. But what they're really saying is solve a problem that has a high market value of a solution. So if somebody's willing to pay a lot of money to save a little bit of their time, capitalize on that. You know, you have to understand the perceived value of your service. It's not based on your output or your effort. It's not based on your education or your experience. It's based on how quickly or conveniently you can solve a problem for somebody. And that took a long time for me to kind of unpack, especially from someone who is coming from an hourly billing culture. So I'm like, wait, the more I work doesn't mean the more I make. How does that work? It was like breaking my brain. (laughs) But I was like, oh, this actually makes total sense. It's the value of the work the value of the, of the offer. And then the second thing I would say is uh, to, to balance things out. I would not go like all in or nothing. I would try to do like, I had the schedule where I would, I called it the seven to seven to tens. So it was like seven to 10 AM. I worked on the business seven to 10 PM. I worked on the business. Yes, that is a lot, but that is what it takes to do two things and get to a point where you can quit. And I was working during the day, but I held a, a, a high managerial position at a fortune 50 company. It was very challenging. I managed a team of nine people. I was bouncing around between laptops. I don't, I, that was not, in retrospect, not a great idea. I was burning myself out, but it's kind of what had to happen. Like you do have to go through a bit of resistance. Like there's going to, it's going to be hard and you have to embrace that it's going to be hard and know it's going to be hard and prep yourself and your family and your loved ones to say, this is going to be very hard for a period of time. And I'm going to get to a point. And then the third thing I would say is the one thing that was the gateway for me to quit was I sat down and this is totally, again, like self-plugging if you want to call it that, but I did a cash flow forecast. Like I, I practice what I preach. And I said, I'm going to do a cash flow forecast for our family for the next six months. And I'm going to say, listen, I'm bringing in this much money from financial, only doing like 20 hours a week max. If you let me go all in and I don't cross this threshold by June, I'll find another job. But I need, like based on my trajectory right now, this is where I should be and I should be able to get there, but I need to go all in because it's about to be tax season. So I was like, I need to go all in to make it happen. We're at a we're at a crossroads. If I stay in the job, I won't be able to do it. And I'm probably gonna burn out and I'm probably gonna like have to quit something. So me and my husband sat down and we went through it. And I and he looked at the data and he's a businessman himself. And he was like, this makes total sense. When is your last day? 
that was it. Mm-hmm. Like you can go, we, we can, we can have Shannon quit the job. We'll be okay. I did the whole projection and I said, we're going to be just fine. We just have to just give me six months to prove it. And that was the gateway. So I would say, get really clear on what it will take, have a goal of, I need to be bringing in X dollars per month, or I need to get to this point before I can entertain quitting because you don't want to do it out of emotion. You want to be able to quit when you feel comfortable. This is uh, I'm always inspired by these conversations. Again, I'm fairly happy where I am, but I'm always thinking, God, I just sort of want to do stuff for myself. And, and, and so that's why I reach out to you and, and Jade Weatherington, and we've got more people coming on here, just people that really inspire me. Uh, I hope everyone's been inspired as they hear this. Uh, plug away. Tell us where to find you. Tell us everything you want everyone to know about uh, the plug the plug queen. I, I, I got to get rid of that. <laughs> but tell us what, tell oh. us. Yeah. I, I love good marketing. Uh, so there's a couple of things. Uh, Keep What You Earn is my podcast. That is where you can find me and where you can hear more from me. And uh, I also host, if you're an accountant who also wants to get out of the grind of the nine to five in the cubicle, then I also host a group where I actually teach marketing for accountants. And that is, uh, I'll have a link for that as well. It's all over my LinkedIn, but you can actually learn some of my tools for showing up on podcasts and social media that will help build trust as an accountant. So you can actually do this too. Yeah, I think the teaching aspect uh, uh, is is helping uh, people understand. Oh, I have this skill. I should teach a course. Like this is what I'm learning. Like there's all there's just if you start thinking, get your brain work. And there's so many different ways of doing this. So uh, I really enjoyed our conversation, Shannon. Any th- last words? I think we've covered it all. But I want to give you the last word before I say goodbye to the audience. I'd say start taking action now because thinking about it is not getting you any further. Just hit the gas pedal and go somewhere because forward in any direction is better than standing still. That's awesome. I thank Shannon Weinstein. I thank you for watching. More of these conversations are coming here on this channel. So continue to subscribe, continue to like. Uh, We have memberships. Of course, I have merch. I mentioned that earlier. Uh, But I thank you for watching. We'll see you next time.